It's a wild card episode here on Kicking Out of Two as the floor belongs to my co-host, Dennis J. Levy. Dennis, tell our listeners what we are in for with this wild card episode. All right. So, Dave. Thank you all for tuning in to Kicking Out of Two, oh, yeah. by the way. Yeah. Thank you. So, you mentioned wild card. So... So it took a while. This is bonkers because I already know it's 98, such a great year in wrestling. And don't get me wrong, I, I, that, uh, that, um, I, I was enjoying wrestling, but I didn't have like, that deep passion I had like five years ago, six years ago, where it's like, where, where it's like I, I, I gotta go to the shows, I gotta do this, I gotta do that. I was just like skating along. This is during 98? 98. I was just skating. Oh. I know, I know, it sounds bonkers, right? <laughs> But, 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 but I was just skating along, I was just watching my wrong, watching the nitros, you know, just going with the, going with the flow. Then, and then, just, and I was talking to this, uh, talking to this, to, to my buddy of mine, you dress like that at the lunch table, and I go, I go, that's really kind of calm with me. Yeah, I know Stone Cold tearing off, and it, it was, it's, uh, 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 Mike Tyson, and all this other stuff. My guy, like, they're always leaving me. He goes, bro, give me five bucks. I'm like, okay, here's five bucks. Gives me a take. He goes, bro, this is, this is like wrestling heroin. It's going to go in your veins, and you're going to be fucking bouncing off walls. And I'm like, what is this? He goes, so it's a collaboration of all this, uh, uh, all these matches I put together. A lot, it's a lot, most of it was, it was in Japan. But the one match that stuck to me like glue, Al Snow, Versus Sabu. I saw that match, and I'm like, it was kind of like, I, I, I watched the, I always would, like, uh, like, I You were an ECW fan before. I was, I okay. was. So, so, so let me just, you know, back it up here, provide a little bit of context. So, during 98, kind of, even though wrestling's hot, for whatever reason, you ain't feeling it, even though you're acknowledging it's good. Just not feeling it. Kid gives you a tape compilation. He, this is a compilation tape compilation that he made. Yeah, he made. Yep. So he so he recorded matches on this and made this like his own best of tape. Exactly. Okay. And yep. so this match, Al Snow and Sabu was on the tape. On the tape. Okay. Continue. Yep. Yep. And of course, the ECW though <clears throat> on TV currently was just like I was on uh, on the East Coast at least. It was on MSG. Yep. And then I don't know about you. That that that, that, uh, that, that uh, the only reason why I even got to watch uh, ECW on MSG because because that jingle they had for the Yankees one of the best jingles of all time Y A N K E E E Yankee baseball on MSG I, I don't remember, remember that that was an amazing wow. jingle amazing I'm a Mets, jingle. We're, we're both Mets fans but, but yeah, anyway, I, I it was an amazing that. jingle <laughs> that's, that's how I listened to I was listening to the jingle and I was, I was like welcome back to ECW and I was like, anyway I was hooked ever since but anyway but their matches on MSG weren't like the best it was kind of like almost like at least in my memory was wasn't like the show. It was kind of like a commercial for the show. So, so, it was like so a weird thing. So, from what I from what I've heard over the years, and I could be wrong, but I've heard that, um, and Paul Heyman even said it once in the ECW documentary. Their their level of production, you know, they would leave a, like there were times where they left a lot of the fuck ups, uh, like in the matches on on the show, and then there were other times where. They would air a match. They'd be like, oh, tonight on ECW, it's going to be Chris Candido and 
Lance Storm one-on-one, or no, let's say Balls Mahoney and New Jack one-on-one, and they would air like a like a video package of the match. Like they would just throw clips. Like yeah, exactly. the match went too long, or there were so many fuck ups they only yeah. edited like the best stuff. So there's stories where I've heard where they've they've included the fuck ups, they've included all the, the the botch spots and things like that, and. There's been stories where I've heard where they've had to clean up a lot of crap so, so they can make it look presentable for their television. So, um, I get what you're saying there. Totally get But continue. So, anyway, what, what, like, 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 like I always feel like what was happening in 98 is kind of what's happening to me now. Like, I'm watching wrestling, and, like, WrestleMania was great. I enjoyed it. But, like, I'm not, like, you know, like... Hooray, Gaga, wrestling! Yeah, yeah, you're not... Yeah. Well, it's it's not must-see TV for you. What, what, got, what got me back, Al Snow versus Sabu. So, 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 so I took a wild card match that, 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 that got me back into wrestling, like, like full-time, invested, excited. That, 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 uh, so when I think of wild card, I go instantly to Al Snow versus uh versus Sabu. So that's okay. that's why this was my wild card. So I looked so I looked at I, I know I like that. I liked it a lot. And I'm looking forward to more of these wild cards as time goes on. Uh, so I looked it up <clears throat> and this match took place on an episode of ECW Hardcore TV from April the twenty fifth, nineteen ninety eight. That's how it's listed on Peacock. I've heard uh, doing some of my research the match either aired or took place on April the twenty second. But regardless of that um, it's season six, episode seventeen, ECW Hardcore TV. Al Snow and Sabu and Axel Rotten versus Chris Candido. We're gonna watch the entire episode, okay, from start to finish. It goes forty-seven minutes and ten seconds, and I'm gonna give you guys a countdown. When I say play, we're gonna press play, and we're gonna go back and watch this. And from time to time, we'll do the audio. Um, I'll give you guys a timestamp. I definitely want to play the audio for one for for a certain a certain uh, spot. And okay. Snow match. Okay, I kind of have a feeling wh- wh- where that you know. If where... it is a moment, so I know ninety percent <coughs> of the chicken out of two audience knows where I'm going, but yep. it's such a it's such a great moment. Yes, yes. Uh, I'm looking, and I've never seen this, and we'll talk about you know all things ECW and what you know the landscape of wrestling in 1998. So, without further ado. Um, I'm going to press play in three, two, one. Hit play as we open with Joel Gertner. Let's play the audio for Joel Gertner. He's always good. He was awesome. Dynamo and the object of your affection, the quintessential stud muffin, Joel, I'm straight, you're not. Gertner, and my, what a long, strange trip it's been. But it was only three years ago, Heatwave 95, where the innovator of violence, Tommy Dreamer did battle in a cage with the former WCW United States heavyweight champion of the, well, United States, Raven. (laughs) And Tommy Dreamer in that match inflicted upon Raven what was called the chair shot heard round the world. Well, the karma police have been in full force as of late. And the edict of execution was handed down by the Honorable Big Dick Dudley. Those execution rites were then performed by Sergeant Bubba Ray Dudley and Lieutenant Devon Dudley in the shot heard all round Fidel's country of Fort Lauderdale, Florida, where the Dudleys took out Tommy Dreamer and his friend, the hardcore icon, the Sandman. 
Interesting side note, last week you were also treated to the melodious tones of the crying, the whining, and the belly aching of the Sandman's wife, Lori Fullington, his wife in theory, if not in practice. <laughs> but Lori Fullington must have commanded quite a fee for the licensing of her likeness on last week's program. She was somehow able to afford a babysitter willing enough to watch over her ugly, illegitimate, mentally retarded children. Jesus! Wow! Wow! Oh my god, I did not see that coming. Nope. Um, <clears throat> Joel Gertner, uh, not, uh, not one to mince words. Um, did you notice the, the, the cheap shot at Raven? No, I totally missed that. So... You know, he mentioned the chair shot the Dreamer, you know, lifted on Raven. Yeah, of course. And then, uh, you know, he called Raven the former United States champion. That, so this show aired a week after Raven lost the title to Goldberg. Oh, really? On Nitro, yeah. Oh. And Raven left ECW a year prior to join WCW, so it was kind of like a little cheap shot. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah, yeah. I don't, I don't know if you, uh, you, you caught that, but... Um, he was also talking about the Dudley Boys and their their rivalry with uh, with with uh, Tommy Dreamer, um, which culminates at the Heat Wave pay per view in August of that year. Uh, which I've thought about doing a watch along of that show. It's one of my favorite ECW pay per views. Heat Waves are awesome. Um, the main event was New Jack Dreamer and Sandman against all three Dudleys in a street fight. Uh, Taz wrestled Bam Bam Bigelow. Um, Mike Awesome and Masato Tanaka, Oof. Just Incredible and Jerry Lynn, Lance Storm and Chris Candido, um, RVD and Sabu against Hayabusa and Hakushi. That was a great match. I think we might have to watch that show that from was, start to finish in that was, August. That was the match where RVD and Sabu put both of them on a table and they did the leg drop. Yes. Oh man, what a great match. Yeah, we might have to watch that show. That oh, might, that might that be match. one where we might have to watch the whole show. Because that whole card is pretty stacked. I'm up for that. Yeah. You can count me in for All that. All right. That's, that, that's, that's you in, uh, in, in August. Uh, a lot going on for August. Uh, uh, I'm kicking out it too. But um, this looks like it's somewhat of a recap. It looks like they, they recorded this um, uh, heading into the Wrestlepalooza pay-per-view. In 98, as you see the, the, the background there with Joey Styles. Let's play the audio here, get some context. Taz and Shane Douglas from a oh, previous the episode. Yeah. Dared Taz to attack him, to attack the arm, thinking that Taz would never do it with a triple threat in the ring. What a miscalculation by the franchise who had his arm snapped by Taz. But Douglas has vowed that on Sunday night, May 3rd, he will be at Wrestlepalooza with Francine to defend the title against the phenomenon that has just blown through ECW, Al Snow, and the head. Other triple threat members to defend titles, of course, Chris Candido and the former prospect, Landstorm, they can't stand one another. They've got no shot of retaining the titles against the hardcore tag team of Axel Rotten and Balls Mahoney. Speaking of hardcore, how about this one-on-one matchup? The Beast from the East, Bam Bam Bigelow, 
Way Bigelow and the Triple Threat traded his tag team partner John Cronus in Florida. Mikey Whipwreck wants revenge. He'll take on the 23-year-old puke, just incredible, boy. in a rematch. Tommy Dreamer and the Sandman look to return the shots heard around the world this time as they take on the Dudley Boys in a tag team war and the match that everyone is talking about. Tag team partners. Sabu and Rob Van Dam will vie for the ECW World Television title. Notwithstanding the action you will see at Wrestlepalooza 98, it's been a memorable evening here at the ECW Arena. We're going to show you some highlights, and I would be remiss if I didn't tell you that I will never forget what could have been the end of my career as I came face-to-face -face with a very irate Taz. Oh, it's the... Uh, uh... The preview of the Wrestlepalooza pay-per-view. Joey Styles running down the card. Um, and he just mentioned it. Highlights. We talked about it. I think he's driving me nuts. It was like every show would, would, that, uh, that uh, had no, like, like their pay-per-views I always thought were amazing. Mm -hmm. But their TV shows I always thought kind of sucked. Maybe because it never had momentum. Like, like they would show like half a match. They cut it out. Yep. And then, then they would show highlights of another match. And they were like full matches or like yeah. back to back to back. You you know? Yeah, I mean, you couldn't invest in yeah what, what just, you were watching. Yeah, I, I just the production on their shows are awful, in my opinion. Yeah, I mean it's it. We, we talked about it. There were times where they left all that stuff out, and you saw all the the um, the the kinks in the armor. And then there were other times where they dressed it up so that it looked like it was a a clean show. So to speak. But even like they did the same shit on TNN. You think finally, okay, here it is. You got, you got, you got, you got a multi-million dollar company to back this little, little wrestling company. The production is gonna be awesome and all that stuff. And they still did the same. But think, shit. let's let's think about this for a minute, okay? If you go back and you remember that first episode that took place on TNN, it was a highlight show, and they showed the RVD Jerry Lynn Hardcore Heaven match from the pay-per-view earlier that year the full match instead of what they had filmed for for the, the 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 debut episode on tnn so if you think about it in hindsight like that relationship was doomed from the start yeah i guess so you know um i i've always said it i've never watched a lot of ecw uh it was available on msg but um you know when i was 15 years old I wasn't staying up till one o'clock in the morning, to at 15, 16 years old to, to <laughs> you know to watch wrestling. You know my wrestling was consumed on Monday nights and then Sundays with pay per views. Saturday nights I was out with my buddies trying to score beer. Yeah. You know, or or a girl. <laughs> you know what I mean? It was it wasn't I wasn't waiting for for ECW and then if I was waiting for ECW sometimes it wouldn't even be on. Like I remember, there were times where I where I would, if I was home and it was up late, um, I'd pass through and then ECW would be on, and I'd watch it, and then I'd be like, oh, I'll watch it next Saturday at the same time. It comes on at one o'clock in the morning, and then I'd go to one o'clock in the morning, and it's an infomercial, and it's an infomercial for and fucking Thighmaster, Bonnie by Jake, or something. I'm so you know? glad you said that because I thought that was my imagination. I'd be like, you know, I was such a pothead that 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 in high school. Yeah. Uh, that, 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 uh, here I am. I'll be like, oh, I missed it. Okay, just go to bed, whatever. 
That, 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 uh, I'm so glad you said that. I thought I was going. I thought I thought that was just me fucking up. <laughs> no, it was. It, trust me, there were times where like I wanted to watch and it wasn't even on, and it was it was just so inconsistent. So I caught it when I caught it. Um, and one of the reasons why I wanted to watch was because of who we're watching on the screen right now, Taz, and uh, in, in-ring promo he's cut with Joey Styles. Um, you watch uh, Macho Mania? No, I, I sometimes. I, mean, I, I love Macho Mania. And when they go, they show, they'll be like, you hear the music, dan, 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 you know, Taz. Oh, Taz is WWF music. Then you hear Jim Ross going, it's Taz. And all of a sudden, Oompa Loompa jumps Oh, God. It's really funny. Oh, it's really funny. But Taz, I mean, from what I saw, from the limited ECW I saw, you know, if I watched Taz, like, he was one of the reasons why I wanted to watch ECW was because he was so believable. He was look at look at that presentation right there. Yeah. Like, people say like oh like he was too short and it wasn't believable. You know he's got the towel over his head. He's in great shape. You know he can cut a promo. I really when te- I mean WWF in my opinion, my opinion dropped the ball on Taz. They kind of did. I'm not saying Taz could have been. The world champion in WWF. Although there are some people that will argue that point. But I do think Taz would have been a great Intercontinental Champion. I totally agree with you. I think Taz working with guys like Jericho and Eddie Guerrero and even Benoit. Names like that. Taz should have been in that title picture. And for whatever reason, they 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 saw him as more of a comedy act. Yeah. And in the beginning, and I'll, ta- I'll ask your, your thoughts on it, but I hated Taz as a commentator. He was okay. What, what were your What were your thoughts? I didn't think it was god awful, but but he uh, did uh, so that so even today I still think fucking SmackDown when it comes to commentating, it, they never had it together like ever. Maybe this one, maybe one time where SmackDown commentating was like, oh right, this is fucking brilliant. This is Jim Ross. This this is Jim Ross and uh, you know Jerry Lawler or like Grill Monsoon Heenan quality, you know. Yeah. They never had that. I I you know the one thing I did like about Taz's commentary was the perspective that he brought as a wrestler, you know, and he kind of made what he kind of took his personality and he was very blue collar and he made it work in that environment, you know. He was, you know, the the New Yorker with the thick accent, you know, from the Northeast, and you know, talking about his 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 background in wrestling, and he he really kind of molded his person, helped mold his personality into that commentator role, because there were times where the commentary, with the exception of at the time, I would say Jr., most of the commentators sounded the same. Oh, good point. And Taz. Brought something a little different. Looking back, like when he would talk about holds, like guys, you know, getting put in holds, he'd be like, "Yeah, you know, you know, so and so put put him in a gujigatami, and he, he tears at his, uh, his, his 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 elbow joints, and like he, the way he broke down what a move does to an individual's body part, I admired, and I thought that that was pretty good. And yeah. if you go back and you watch some of the early AEW. And I know that you don't really care for AEW, and I get it. But I used to but, love it. But for the record, I used to love AEW. So this, is, this is like the last year, year and a half. But Taz, on commentary, they would do these these segments where Taz would break down a move 
or a hold from an individual. And he would talk about what that, the impact of what that move or what that hold does to another opponent. Like he talked about, um, I remember one time they, they cut to a video package and Taz did a voiceover. And I forget what they called the segment, but Taz pretty much was, um, was, was praising Darby Allen's coffin drop. Where Darby Allen just kind of falls back in yeah. the backwards mode and he uses his spine to, to, to inflict pain on his opponent. And the way he described it, I thought it was a nice way to it brought it brought like a like a sports analyst feel to the to the presentation. That that, that but in a very blue collar way that wrestling fans could relate to coming from someone like Taz. And it just it I I, I think in that instance and I'm not the biggest AEW fan. There's things about it I like, and there's other things about it I don't like. But one of the things I do like about it is Taz on the on commentary on Dynamite on a regular basis. I think he does pretty well. Okay. Um, I just hate Excalibur. I don't know. Excalibur to me. All right. So Excalibur reminds me of like if Joey Styles did Coke. <laughs> yeah, that's a good point. Like, <laughs> like a lot of Coke. Okay. Joey Styles, you know, was a one-man commentary for the most part in the majority of ECW. And people think he's like one of the greatest commentators of all time. I think he did good for being by himself, but um, I wouldn't consider him one of the all-time greats. Sometimes it feels like when I watch AEW and I listen to the commentary, that Excalibur is kind of taking the Joey Styles route, where he kind of takes over the commentary. And he talks over the guys. And, I mean, he works well with Taz, but then there's, a, like, for instance, I don't know if you saw it in the group thread, but we were talking about it in the text message, where he'll promote, like, he'll promote the next episode of Dynamite or Rampage. Yeah. And he he gets it done in, like, 20 seconds, but he'll promote everything. So he'll go through the card, like, you know... They're claimed in tag team action against the gun club. and But he does it so, like, rapid, like, boom, 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 rapid fire. Like, you can't understand him, you know? Like, uh, you know, <laughs> bullet club against uh, the elite. And then, blah, 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 blah. Like, he just, he just blasts through it. And you don't really have a time to digest as to what you're going to be watching. Yeah. You know? It's like he's, it's, it's like he's timed himself. And I... I, I'm not familiar with Excalibur because I didn't watch Pro Wrestling Gorilla, and I'm sure there's going to be fans out there that, that think I'm a fucking Nazi because I didn't watch that shit because it's indie and whatever. You can go fuck yourselves. I really don't fucking care. Um, but I'm just like, I think it's, I think, I thought when Excalibur worked with JR and Tony Schiavone, they kind of reined him in a little bit. Now I feel like that since JR has been gone, even though he works well with Taz, I feel like there's a lot of, I don't know, I'm just not, like like recently when Superstar Billy Graham died, okay, he died on a Wednesday. The announcement was made Wednesday evening. The news broke, and in the middle of the Chris Jericho, Roderick Strong, Falls Count Anywhere match, as Jericho goes to lift Roderick Strong and suplex him through a table in the, in the concourse of the concession stand, you hear Excalibur say, we just received word that uh, 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 wrestling legend Superstar Billy Graham has passed away. And then, like, you see Jericho, like, slam him through the table. Yeah, it's like, you do it after the match. Like, yeah, you could have waited until after the commercial break to do that. Yeah. Dedicate the time to him 
as a legend instead of trying to cram him in just because you felt you had to break the news like right then and there when you got word. Like it just, I don't know. I'm not the biggest Excalibur fan. There's things, there's things that I like about him where he's uh, very knowledgeable, but then yeah. there's other times where like he tries to cram. He's 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 essentially what a lot of people criticize indie workers for trying to cram too much shit in, into one, into one match. He's trying to cram too much shit into his commentary. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I agree with that. That's just me. Oh, my boy. Just incredible. That's right. With uh, Jason, yep. uh, Nicole Bass, and uh, I believe that's Chastity. Um, who... Now, all right, I got a question for you. Yeah. So, this is because I didn't have much knowledge of ECW uh, back then. But uh, Chastity there, the little blonde, um, was she in ECW portrayed as Raven's sister? Or was she just a part of this little flu- this flunky group with Justin Credible? I don't remember. Because don't in remember. WCW, they brought her in as Raven's sister. Right. I, I, I vaguely remember that. Yeah. I don't, I don't know. I don't even tell you the truth. I don't remember uh, Nicole Bass beating maybe with Justin Credible either. I remember Jason. That's guy. Like, I remember a guy named Jason. Yeah, Jason Knight. You saw yeah. him there. Uh, Jazz. Yeah, I remember Jazz. Um, yeah, on and off of Lance Storm. I don't remember. I don't. I don't remember Nicole Bass or that other chick. Yeah. yeah. We just saw Taz. See, they're showing a lot of clips here. For those of you that are watching, it seems like. There's tons of clips here. There's no fucking flow to the show. Yeah. That was always my problem. Bam Bam totally no-sold that RVD kick. (laughs) And then he nails RVD with the chin. So, look, you see this here. Bam Bam. Maybe maybe if we play the audio, we'll have an understanding of it. But people that are watching with us, like, you know. They're 20 minutes in. We haven't had a match yet. Yeah. You're right. Anyway, that's what used to drive me nuts about these shows. And T, they need... And like I said, finally, we're going to have an hour of just, just, just no, not fine. You got a promo here. Uh, you got a, a promo there. But we're actually going to have a show with flow and all this other stuff. Yep, here we go. And highlights and, and, uh, and like, you know, and just uh, random promo here, random promo there. Like, oh, we're going to show you a match. Uh-huh. We're only going to show it three quarters. Well, look what they've done. They showed a Just Incredible promo, yeah. Taz, a Taz promo, then Bam Bam Bigelow beating up Bill Alfonso and RVD. Taz beat up a referee. Um, Blue World Order, the, the FBI. They, they've crammed so much into here with, like, little clips and highlights. It, it Like, you're right. There's there's no way you can get invested into it. I don't, I mean. But then you, then you get, then you watch, like, an ECW fucking pay-per-view, and it's like every single match is fucking incredible. Yeah. You know what? It's funny. That, well, it's not funny you say that, but it's, oh, Bill Alfonso <laughs> tossed into the crowd. Um, but you're right. Because I never I never really watched much of these episodes because I didn't have time or didn't have access to it. But if I watched an ECW pay-per-view, I would be like, oh my God, this is great because it was just all action. The whole two and a half, three hours. Here we see the Dudleys. Now now it's the Dudleys with, with, with Beulah. Right? The Dudleys with Beulah um, that, were, that were singing. The lights just went out. All right. And I'm guessing it's going to be Sabu. It's got to be Sabu. Right? Or maybe it's Sandman. I don't know. Or maybe it's New Jack. Oh, it's Sandman. I was right. And he's got a neck collar on. And he saved <laughs> Scorpio and Beulah. And, yep, there we go. Oh, look how they all run out of the ring for him. 
Right, that's a crazy drunk man with a fucking candlestick. I don't want to fuck with that. Yeah. He's got the neck collar on. Talk about good promos. Here, let's, let's play. Let's play the audio for Sandman's promo. Let's let's hear it. I think we're on our first match on this show. Finally. And by the way, Francine, I know now I'm switching to right off the bat, I'm sorry. But Francine does nothing for me. I always thought she was disgusting. Disgusting? Disgusting. Yeah, I mean, not to give away too much information, but uh, she had, uh, she she was, in my teenage years, a a regular in my rotation of dreams. Really? I'll I'll just leave it at that. Uh, my thoughts. I mean, you got Sonny. Sonny was there too. Kimberly Payne. Yes, Kimberly was uh, there too. Yep. All the Nitro, the Nitro, yep. the, the Nitro uh, girls. The Nitro girls were there too. Yeah. Don Marie. But then you got you got yeah. Then Don you got Marie, Don Marie made the I'm sorry. Don Marie made the cut. Yeah, at some point, I'm sure. Uh, anyway, tweet your own, tweet your own. <laughs> but anyway, what's your? I gotta go. Uh, I don't. I don't right, so, 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 yeah. so Sandman. Yeah, yeah, you are going ninety miles now, right? Well, it's a wild card episode. It's yours. Yeah. So. Um, that that that's what we come to expect when it comes to a, a, a Dennis J. Levy produced episode. You go off the road at least a little of, bit. Yeah, just a little <laughs> bit, but there's nothing wrong with that. That's what makes us who we are. Um, uh, so you think so? If there was no Sandman, there'd be no Stone Cold. Well. I really believe that, at least to a certain extent. Yeah, you might get like the the, the stunner son of a bitch guy, but you're not getting the beers. You're not getting that uh, without the Sandman. I really believe that. I think I wouldn't be surprised. I don't know for certain, but yeah, I I think I think Steve. Well, all right. Let me just put it to you this way: the only thing that I think Steve Austin took from the Sandman was the beer aspect. That was it. I think Steve Austin, because he was because Paul Heyman gave him so much creative freedom to express himself during his brief stint in ECW. That's what that was the early uh, remnants of the 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 Stone Cold character. I think that's fair to say. You know, yeah. I, I I I think if any like Sandman to me, this is what I picture Sandman as. Okay, if I'm just a, a common person that had never watched ECW before, I look at Sandman and he's the guy that sits at the end of the bar, chain smoking cigarettes. Going beer for beer, shot for shot, somebody you don't want to fuck with. Yeah. Okay? He didn't... The difference between him and Steve Austin was that Steve Austin 
All right, a lot of people could relate to Sandman, but a lot of people could relate to Steve Austin because of Steve Austin. Boss, yeah. You know, and Sandman didn't have that like. I know. That, I know that it, it, the, the context is a little different here, but Sandman didn't. Don't die on me now. This is your first wild card episode, and you're about to croak on me. Uh, I'm good. <laughs> Sandman. <laughs> Sandman didn't have that like you know. I mean, I guess you could say he had some of that rebel spirit, but like. He was different, you know, in a sense. He was, I guess you could say, a wild card. Yeah. You know, very unpredictable. Um, well, he had to because he was like the shittiest wrestler you ever saw in your life. Yeah. <laughs> you, loved him anyway. you loved him for it. Yeah. So I, I think, if anything, like, I think he, I think Steve Austin's ability to have creative freedom during that brief stint in ECW and he expressed his frustrations about his run in WCW was the early origins of the Stone Cold character. Now, did Steve Austin take certain, you know, imitation is the sincerest form of flattery, and guys copy other things that guys do in the business. It's been, you know, for as as long as I can remember. Him taking the beer element and using it, yeah, I mean, he might have done that. But do I think that if there wasn't a Sandman, there would be no Steve Austin? No. But that's that's the biggest argument where it's like, yeah, uh, like like um, like Paul Heyman getting, always tries to do a self uh, uh, pat on the back, where it's like, without ACW, there is no attitude error. And all you gotta do is point at Sandman and well, I, he makes it. a point there when it says, as if there was no ECW, there'd be no attitude error. I I do think that that the WWF took some of that renegade approach with their programming by watching ECW. Now, I don't think that they, I don't think Vince was sitting there one day and be like, well, goddamn, pal, we got to have somebody like the Sandman, you know? Like, I don't think Vince was doing that, but I think Vince was saying to himself, you know what? Like, I, you know, I have a larger platform than them, and they're, they're going for shock value. What if I brought that shock value to this platform, this larger platform that is WWF, and see how it comes across? And it worked. I mean, as hot as 98 was, in retrospect, if you look back on it, you watch a lot of those old Raws from 98. Not, I mean, they were fun shows to watch, but there was a lot of shit on, that, on those shows, yeah, too. That, you know, uh, Kai and Tai, choppy, choppy, your pee-pee, even yeah. though it's fucking hilarious. Uh, that Venus, I choppy, choppy, your pee-pee. <laughs> like, great stuff. But, funny stuff, I should say. Not great stuff, but it, it, was, it was done for shock value. And to get people to watch their program. They were doing something different. WCW had a little bit more of an edgier product before they went before WWF went attitude. Yeah. But yeah, I think Paul Heyman makes a great point. ECW's their their style of programming influenced the WWF to kind of go in a similar direction. That, that, that that's just that's just me. So he does he does make a point there. Saying Sandman, if there wasn't for a Sandman, you know, Steve, yeah. I don't, I don't really, because I think Paul helped create, in my opinion, I think Paul helped create the early origins of Steve Austin. Just the famous story out there was when Austin got fired, Paul Heyman called him and said, hey, I heard you, you know, you're looking for work. Come work here. And he says, I'm hurt. He goes, well, I'll fly you up. You come up, just talk about whatever you want. And he let him talk and he fucking went off the, yeah. went off the rails and that was the early 
the early signs of, of the Stone Cold persona. Um, I wanted to get your thoughts on... We're watching Chris Candido and Balls Mahoney here. I wanted to get your thoughts on Candido. Um, I love... And I'm not saying this. I know because everyone who dies young is a hero. Blah, blah, blah. Yeah. I really did. I love Chris Candido. Okay. And, and uh, my heart was broken when he passed away. Yeah. And that, 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 uh, What's his legacy to you, in my opinion? What, or in uh, your opinion? What's his legacy? Sadly, well, well, how I want. How, what, not, how you want what you think it is, realistically. Uh, uh, yeah. The, the, realistically, the, 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 well, what it is, is Sonny's tool. Uh, the, the, that's his legacy. That's so sad. Great wrestler. The, 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 uh, you can tell he just went along. Like, okay, I'll do it. Whatever. You know, B- fucking body Donna's. You know what I mean? He made it work. Yeah. He made but, it work. But, but, he helped get Barry Horowitz I, I over. Think, I think he's the king of t- making chicken shit. It's a chicken salad. That, 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 uh, With that body Donna's character? That, that, oh, yeah. That was terrible. And they, they, and they were over. They, they were good heels. People hated them. Yeah. That, 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 uh, that, was during the, that was during the era of the yeah. exercise infomercials late yeah. at night. Yeah. You know, we talked about it. You know? Yeah. Which... Um, but yeah, you're. I'm but I always remember, like, like he's a guy that didn't punch Sean in the face because he was sleeping with his girlfriend. You know, that that that, that, that uh, that's his legacy, and then that and that and that me, and that's sad to me. Yeah, I, I mean, it's hard. It's it's hard not to argue that it really is. Yeah, look at him. I he kicked the shit out of Sean. But 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 but, but he's he was the, his career would have been done. Yeah. I mean, they had they had control, you know, the click, um, and Sean definitely had the ear of Vince, uh, the, the the stories out there. Um, but yeah, Candido. The stories I've heard was that Candido, he knew that Sonny and Sean were banging. In fact, Candido and Sonny had been split up, but they were still technically living together. But then Sonny moved in with Sean Michaels, and they had a relationship for quite some time, and. There's an infamous story that, that Sean and Sonny, I guess, one time in a building, um, hooked up in like a janitor's closet or, or whatever, like a, like a boiler room, like they were fooling around, and Candido was searching the whole building for her, looking for her. He yeah. He was trying to find her for whatever reason, and um, and, and most of the locker room knew where, where she was, yeah. and she was with him, and everyone had to lie to him because they couldn't tell him what was going on. Um, and then I've heard other stories that like, he knew that they were dating and it was during a period of time where they had split up and they were, they, they weren't together, um, as a couple, but they were still living together, which was weird. Yeah. Um, I was, you know, I was unfortunate that the majority of his entering career publicly is remembered for. What took, or the majority of his wrestling career is remembered for what he, you know, his association with her, Sonny, behind the scenes. Um, and then he just started getting his groove back and he had cleaned up and he was working in TNA for a little bit when he broke his leg live on pay per view. And that was the, where he had suffered the blood clot and then eventually died. Ugh, awful stuff. Um, didn't die in the ring. He went to the hospital yeah, and he wore yeah. a cast, but yeah. you know, he he got a he had surgery and yeah. then they found a blood clot and he passed That's away. That's a sad thing. It looks like he's finally got him. He was hey, yeah, he's he starting like, to you he know they were gonna be Hulk Hogan's status, but but he's finally getting over by himself, no sunny and he was starting to do yeah. yeah. Well I think they were still together at the time of his passing, if I'm not mistaken. 
Um, were they really? Because I, I heard like as bad it was for was like in the WWE or WWF with Shawn Michaels. I heard it was twenty times worse than ECW. I heard. I've where, heard. Where, where, where he, he's like sucking Samu's cock and and like asking. You for heard him. that story, right? Where she, where he, again, he's looking for her in the building, and she's she's giving Sabu a blowjob while. Um, she went Sabu while, too, by the way. Well, I mean, is what I guess is. Sunny's fucking smoke show. Yeah, but still, like she's she, small she's blo- she's uh she's 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 blowing Sabu while. Um, was it New Jack or Sandman? I think it was New Jack. New Jack was New, New or somebody was in. I think Sandman was in the bathroom when it happened. The story I heard. Um, but yeah, it's unfortunate that his legacy is attached to her and you know the toxic yeah relationship that the two of them had. Um, she's currently sitting in a county jail in Florida for uh, DUI manslaughter. Uh, so I don't think she's. How's gonna... that not murder? By the way, when you, I don't, I, I don't. Well, she was, she was shit faced. The intention wasn't for her to kill this yeah, guy. Yeah, I get you right. You know, in the yeah. accident, you know. But that's like her seventh time doing it, though. If you want, she's had quite a few. Get, yeah. Hey, I'm all about giving people second chances. Hey, I, I, I full, di- full disclosure. I've had two DUIs, and you know, I, I after the second one, I realized it was time to clean my act up. Yeah, like, well, last time you had a drink, like like eleven years ago. Exactly. Yeah. Um, she's had tons of chances. And for whatever reason, she can't, she can't get, you know, she can't get back on the horse. I don't know. I just hope they throw the book at her. I really do. I mean, I'm, I, this may sound silly, but selfishly, you know, before she went to jail, like, she was still pretty decent looking. She wasn't, you know, something for her age. She, she was in yeah. pretty great shape and she was making a comeback. She was making money on OnlyFans. She was getting booked at conventions. Um. But she seems to be her. Uh, every story I've heard with her is that she's her own worst enemy. Um, but let's move on here. Is we're gonna we're gonna watch the match that that, that prompted you to 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 get us this uh, this wild card watch along here. Uh, Al Snow and Sabu. This um, is if you look up the definition of hidden gem wrestling. I think this should be like. The picture right next to it. Okay. Well, you know, I'm glad you brought that up because we're on that subject. Why don't we talk about some hidden gem matches? What 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 are some matches in in in, in, in your years of fandom that are hidden gems that go along with this Sabu Al Snow match? Well, we just talked about it that that uh, um, RVD and Sabu versus those Japanese gentlemen. Oh, no. Hayabusa and Hakushi. Was, that was so good. From ECW that Wave so 98. Good. So good. See, this is a clip here. All right. This is a clip show. They're not showing this oh, whole match. Oh, not showing the match? All right, anyway, play the audio for this, will you? Is it? All right, I'll this play the it. audio for this. This is it. Sabu's setting up a table here. He's going after Al Snow. We're currently at 36 minutes and 36 seconds. Um, you see Alfonsi getting in there. Yeah, let's uh, let's play the audio for this. Like Snow is going to win 
styrofoam heads that they were... This is almost kind of the best part, because it's over, right? Of course, it's over, right? Look at the look at that table. Like, he should have a broken back. <laughs> it, I mean, it, it certainly hurt, nonetheless. Then watch. Okay, here we go. He's going to go for the pin. Yeah. Oh, there's RVD. Yeah. No, I'm not going for the pin. I got a question for you. Yeah. What is Sabu's legacy in wrestling? I, for, for me, I fucking love him. Uh, that that uh, we got, we got people in WWE are gonna be like, oh, he sucked. And that that uh, no, you got tail end Sabu. If you got, if you got Sabu in his prime, you got you got a guy that that uh, that, that they could have a right, they could have a good match. That, that they didn't, that that but he was extreme and does all this stuff. It's like they say. Tommy Dreamer is an innovator of violence? No, it's fucking Sabu. Come yeah, on. Yeah, that's a good point. I mean, the way the things he did with chairs and tables and stuff, like he was doing that before the Dudleys were. Um, I've I've watched a lot of I've watched a lot of documentaries, and if you go back and you look in hindsight, um, you know I've done some research on ECW, and I, I will say that I think. Um, you know, when ECW made the transition from Eastern Championship Wrestling to Extreme Championship Wrestling, Sabu played a big part in that. And I think um, Sabu definitely deserves his des- deserves his flowers for being one of the more innovative performers in the business. Now, I'm not saying that his stuff was great. And like, you know, he did some stuff with chairs, but there were times where he botched a lot of stuff as well. Hey, look at his eye. That's because he... he- when he did the moonsault, he hit his face he on the chair. He hit his face on the chair, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, he was reckless, okay? Like, you know, but it, it fit that persona. But I don't think ECW would have been as successful um, rolling out the extreme element of their programming had Sabu not been a part of it. Oh, totally. Like, like, like a Sabu, an ECW without Sabu early on, like, like I'm talking like 95, okay? When, like... Oh, see, there you go. A botch right there. <laughs> hey, you did two A botch right there. And then Snow capitalized. All right, good yeah. clothesline there over the top. But, yeah, I don't think ECW would have been as widely as popular and successful had Sabu not been a part of it. And I know he had different runs um, here and there. But do you think Sabu deserves a nod in the Hall of Fame? WWE Hall of Fame? Well, they they, 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 they honor people who've never wrestled there before. Oh, so, yeah, yeah, you're on. right, you're right. This is put in Muda. I put... Sabu equal to Muda. I put that uh, that, that uh, maybe Muda is a little bit over, but nah, it's it's the same. I yeah, Sabu deserves to be in the Hall of Fame. I would agree. I think I think he I think his style was innovative and, and it's like I mean, we saw the 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 jump off the chair and he did the he hit snow in the corner. That's similar to what the Hardys used to do when Jeff used to climb on Matt's back yeah, and used to hit the guy in the corner. Um, I think because I think because of his recklessness and the fact that he was so violent in his matches, um, that 
I think that's what made a lot of people shy away from, from, from using him, with the exception of Paul Heyman, of course. Yeah. But his innovative style definitely serves to be recognized. But Greg, I'm not the biggest Sabu fan, but I'll give him credit where credit is due. He managed to find something that marketed himself and made him stand out from everybody else. But correct me if I'm wrong, but I actually think that you said you said it like people are just like you know that didn't want to book him or whatever. But and I, he was in WCW and WWE. Well, he, he did. All right. He so, all, uh, so, 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 so well. All right. Yeah. He he. He had a cup of coffee in WCW. Okay, he wasn't there for very long, um, and the WWE same thing. Uh, wasn't there very long either. Um, I just remember that one match with um, Rey Mysterio. Uh, no, of course that that oh that pottery of ECW point two point oh whatever the fuck. But yeah, uh, that um, he had a match with the Big Show. I remember that too. That, that uh. But yeah, uh, yeah, you're right. Yeah, yeah. There were some, there were some parts of yeah. that where. But you know, anyway, my point was Sabu of old. I get it. My point was, uh, he, he he did make it to all three companies, all major. Uh, anyway. Yeah, uh, it, his run with WCW was very short lived. He had, I think you and I recapped it once. It was an old really? Nitro where he wrestled uh, Jerry Lynn or Alex Wright, I think it was, on a Nitro. Right. Talking about hidden gems. That was yeah. a great match. Yeah. It was on an old Nitro. We did a recap. Oh, we match. recapped the September 11th, 1995 editions of both Raw and Nitro in the archives. Dennis and I did a recap of both of those episodes. And on the Nitro episode was when um, when uh, Sabu wrestled. Right. I believe it was Alex I'm Wright. Really blown. I so yeah, if you want to go back yeah. and find that in the archives, we recapped Nitro and Raw from September 11th, 1995. Uh, Dennis and I, it was. I believe we did that in. Um, in anticipation for the, um, the 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 debut of AEW, if I'm not mistaken. Okay. Um, before they. Uh, like for the record, yes, I shit on current AEW, but this this last six months has been awful. Yeah, I'm, I mean, I, I I could I could understand. There's parts of it where I I, I I don't even want to talk about it. It's, yeah, I'm just throwing it out there. It is what it is. You know, I'll still watch because I like guys on there. But we got another table spot here. Oh, Snow with the... Snow plow. Oh! And he nails Snow from behind. Sabu falls on top of him. Hurts his eye again with... Now, here's what I, know. Here's what I don't understand. Yeah. Okay? Right? There's no rules in ECW. Yep. Okay, RVD just threw the towel in, signifying that the match is over. Right? He's throwing the towel in for Sabu. Here's what I don't understand. There's no rules in ECW. The ref lets them use chairs and tables, whatever, right? But you need RVD to distract the referee so Bill Alfonso can come in the ring and and help Sabu cheat to win. Yeah. You see the, the enormous amounts of styrofoam heads flooding the ring in honor of Al Snow because of this finish, which leads to more tension between Sabu and RVD. And we are currently at 44 minutes and 59 seconds with three minutes of this watch-along left to, to, to discuss here. I just love this match. It's too bad they couldn't have the whole thing. I wonder if you can find it on YouTube, like the whole match. The thing is, everything's so copyrighted now. That yeah. Like Ten years ago, absolutely. Yep. 
But like now everything's so complicated. WWE's got a lock on a lot of that yeah. stuff. Yeah. You know what? Do. You know what I miss? I mean, I got, I have the subscription. It's only seven ninety nine. I know, I know. I'm doing a plug now for uh, to, for Impact Wrestling. That that that, that uh, You still but, have it? I got rid of mine recently. No, I'm I'm still, say, no, I had to save some money. I'm single. Seven ninety nine. Yeah. But, but um. I was paying seventy what, bucks a year. What I'm gonna say I paid ten for the years whole year. ago. You all you had to do is go on YouTube. Do a date, write asylum years, a date, book yep. full shows. Yeah. Yeah, they, yeah, they, they, they have a lot of stuff on lockdown. Yeah. Um, I mean, I guess that's the beauty of, of streaming services. Um, well, this has been quite the the, the interesting uh, wild card. Yeah. Um, but I, ladies and gentlemen, I'm kicking it out too. If you've never seen the full um, match of Al Snow versus Sabu, I highly implore you. Yeah, we'll see if it's like on. Like I said, I think it's I, it's one of my favorite hidden gems. I'm gonna, I'm gonna so look it up cool. right now. On I'm gonna Google it right now. Uh, see what I get from it. Um, I get a lot of like indie matches from the two of them, um, but I don't get much ECW stuff from them. Um, but anyways. Um, yeah, this was a lot of fun. I appreciate you yeah, uh, contributing. Now, yeah. do you have any plans for another wild card? Are there any ideas cooking up in your head at the moment? I can always think of something. Yeah. But I just knew when you, when you said wild card, I just knew exactly where I was going to yeah. go. Well, that's I good. Could, I can tell you, like, yesterday, I was like, oh, it's Steven. Like, 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 I like wrestling. You know I'm going to die a wrestling fan, but it's like, <laughs> it's kind of like you're dating this girl for a long time. It's just like... It's not, wasn't, it's not what it was. What was. He goes, give me five bucks. I'm like, all right. He gave, and then he gave me a tape the next day. Well, uh, well car sale. Was uh, he a car salesman now? Uh, I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> Made yeah. a couple bucks off you. Yeah. All right. Well, that's pretty cool. Well, uh, thank you so much. Yeah, uh, thank you. This was, this was a lot of fun. And uh, on our next episode, um, looking, to, looking for us to cover Mankind Undertaker Hell in the Cell, 25th anniversary. I'm not hitting that. Uh, so I, I definitely got you in on that one. So looking to do that uh, relatively soon in the very near future. And uh, thank you again for tuning in, checking us out, pressing play, uh, hitting the like button, subscribing. This was the Dennis J. Levy wildcard episode. And it's time to put this one down for the three count. We'll see you all next time.